We are going to pause on uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, and we want to talk about the real struggle of living our lives together. Uh, how do we live, what does God want for us in living our lives together with unbelievers, and, or not unbelievers, but how does he want us to live us together as believers? And the reality is, 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 is 1 Peter, the whole emphasis is, how do we survive in a very hostile world? How do we deal with struggles and pain and, and all of these things? And we talked about submission, that God has a proper order of things, but he has a proper order even within the body and how we live life together. In 1 Peter 3.9, he says, don't repay evil for evil. In fact, the, the word is focusing on bad behavior, destructive behavior. So don't when something destructive enters your life, you're not supposed to do something destructive in return. That just, it's like nuclear war, right? Nobody wins. It's, you know, it's like, and, and they're like, we're going to build a deterrent so that way nobody will fight. So what do they do? They build a deterrent. And you remember, uh, gunpowder and dynamite was the first deterrent. We were talking about that at uh, Romeo's Friday, the, that the deterrents keep escalating. There's always something bigger and something better. And God says, our behavior with one another can't be focused with, we can't do something destructive in return for something that's, that has been done to you. And so that's really important uh, for us to think about. And so this morning we're going to be talking about destructive fear, um, that pesky worry and anxiety stuff. We're going to get over the definition and, and how. And what's amazing is when we look through the Bible, by the way, when we hear do not fear, we hear about what fear does. It's amazing how fear, worry, and anxiety are always circular. One, you can't, usually one leads to the other. Uh, and worry can lead to fear. Fear can lead to worry. Either way, it's, you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Yes. Right? <laughs> What causes us distress? Fear, worry, or anxiety? Yes. Right? All of it is destructive. And I want us to see what God says about how destructive it really is. I'll never forget, um, I'll never forget when I first started having nightmares. I, I don't know if anybody's ever dealt with night terrors. Um, when I was, well, about six years old, I was dealing with night terrors. And it was crazy. I, I literally would have black figures come into my room, throw me into a, uh, into a bag, and then carry me out of my house. And I would scream, but nothing would happen, right? And I had those for years. My mom bought me a bracelet, and Anissa, it was funny, because she just found it last night. Of all, the timing of this was amazing. God is so good. He... Um, she found the, my bracelet, and it was a, a silver bracelet that my mom bought me to wear, and it was my very first memory verse. And it was this, at what time I'm afraid, I will trust in thee. Like I said, it was my first memory verse. I quoted you in the King James. <laughs> so, what time I'm afraid, I will trust in thee. And I began to realize, as my mom began to read me scripture after scripture after scripture, that God was bigger than any fear that I could have. 
And my life dramatically changed after quoting. I remember waking up and quoting and quoting and quoting and quoting and quoting. And finally, it's like the light came on in the room and everything was just calm. But it took years of just practicing and practicing that one little verse. And they all went away. I, I, I can't say that for the rest of my life I've never had a nightmare. You know, um, we, you know it's, we've, we've, I've had my fair share of nightmares over the years. Nothing compared to my wife, though, but we won't talk about those. I've heard it's not good to talk about your wife when you're preaching. So, <laughs> so this morning I want to share with you some very important things. When we discuss destructive behaviors, when we discuss these things, there's some things that are very important for you to begin to think about. And so as we go through this, I want you to see these important things as we discuss how fear is so destructive. It doesn't matter. You say, well, I'm not a fearful person. Fear will come into your life. It'll grip you at some point or time. Maybe you are a fearful person. And my hope is, is that you will see God's answer and encouragement for you this morning. There's these important things that you need to, to see as we, by way of intro, and that is this. It's important to be honest with yourself. The act of self-evaluation is incredibly important in the use of destroying destructive behaviors. If you are not evaluating where you're at, your emotions, your behavior, you're not going to find success. You've got to be willing to be honest. And, that, and we need to do and look and say, identify, what are my tendencies? What are, what are the patterns in my life? Where, where, do, where does destructive behavior creep in? Not just with the use of our mouth and what, how we talk, as in 1 Peter 3, 8 through 12, but also in the fact of how about our, the rest of our emotions and our behavior? The second thing is, it's important to be quick to deal with sin. We have to be quick. Here, let me give you a reason why. We have to be quick not just to, to deal with it, but to confess it, to repent. Don't let it linger. In fact, Proverbs 28, 13 says, whoever conceals his trans- transgression will not prosper. Do you see that? Concealment means not prospering. It's not like, you know, handguns today. <laughs> just had to throw that in. But whoever conceals his transgression will not prosper. But he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. See the difference. Concealment no pros- will not prosper. Confession and forsaking will obtain mercy. We need to be brutally honest about ourselves in the fact that we are self-indulgent, self-deceiving, self-justifying people. And if you don't deal with this quickly, we can justify ourselves right out of saying, well, it's no big deal. We are perfect at that. So why is it such a big deal to be quick to deal with sin when it comes to our, our bad and destructive behaviors? Because we will talk ourselves out of saying it's really not that big of a deal. But that's not what God says. We need to be honest about that. We are really good at camouflage, pretending that, oh, I'm not really fearful. I'm not really, I don't have anxiety. I'm just concerned 
I hear that a lot. I'm concerned about what other people are doing. I'm concerned about how I feel. I'm concerned. I'm not worrying. It's okay. I'm concerned about how much money I have or don't have. I'm, I'm concerned. No. We've got to be brutally honest and not let it creep in. The third thing that we've got to do is it's, it's important to be willing to kill fear at all costs. We've got to kill these destructive behaviors at all costs. So whether it's fear or whether it's destructive, other destructive behaviors, we've got to be willing to do whatever it takes. We can't just let, let it sit there and marinate. Gangrene will destroy the whole body. Blood poisoning will destroy the whole body. And the Bible tells us that sin is the same way. If we don't do whatever at all costs, we don't cut it out, it'll destroy other parts of the body. It's important to kill it at all costs. We are people of habits, emotional habits. And it's easy to learn to live in habitual destruction with our emotions and our habits the other thing is it's important to think biblically we can't deal with destructive behavior just on based on how we feel or what we think we need to go to wisdom that is first and foremost is everything that is that is faithful that is righteous that is holy is unchanging it is true so we need to think biblically to see what god sees when it comes to fear, we need to see what he sees. In fact, it's amazing. Over 50 times in the Bible it says, do not fear. Uh, 46 other times it says, don't be afraid. We talk about it says, love one another. The 70 some times it says, love one another. But over 100 times it tells us, do not be afraid or don't worry. Don't be anxious. In fact, Proverbs 29. See, the problem is, is we underestimate these destructive behavior. God doesn't. That's why we got to think biblically. We underestimate the importance, or we underestimate what it does. Proverbs 29, 25 says, The fear of man lays a snare. Fear, especially the fear of man, can lay a snare. I don't know about you, but a snare isn't that big of a deal. When we go out and set trap lines, when, when I've done that, when I lived in Alaska and, and when I lived in California, but we won't talk about that. Uh, <laughs> when we lay trap lines, we didn't lay, lay some big bulky trap. The snare consisted of very thin line that you cannot see, right? But, it's, but it grabs you and it grabs a hold of you and it doesn't let go. And so, we got to understand that. 1 Peter 5.8 Be sober, be vigilant, be watchful because the roaring lion is seeking to devour you. He's going to snare you and he wants to devour you. I don't know about you, but there are times in my life where I have felt like I've been served up to be eaten. It's been, there's, we all face brutal times in our life. And it's not a coincidence. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. The snares, the schemes, the plotting to trip us up. That's the point there, the, the snaring. So it's important that when we realize 
that the terms in God's word are so important because we don't want to underestimate how destructive fear or other behaviors can become. So let's pray. And if you haven't already, turn to Matthew 6, because we're going to look at what Jesus gives us, a series of questions. And we're going to look at those in a few other verses as we define fear and what Jesus tells us about anxiety and fear. Let's pray. Lord, Lord, I pray that with all my heart that, that we would not be distracted, that we would not minimize, that we would not say it's not that big of a deal, I'm not fearful, or, or, but Lord, that we would take up this important subject of dealing with believers and say, Lord, we're going to do whatever we can to kill sin and do whatever we can to kill these destructive behaviors so people can see Christ. Lord, I pray that that would be our thinking this morning, that we would be excited to learn what you have to say and allow the Spirit to teach our hearts this morning. And that way we will not be caught in the snares of the evil one. Will we gird up our minds? Will we put on the armor of God? Will we, will we allow the Holy Spirit to be in control that we would walk carefully so that way we can praise you and be at peace with our life no matter the circumstance? Lord, I pray that we would honor you with our ears, our mind, our heart as we spend time in your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Isaiah, if, you, if your finger's still in Matthew, I should have told you before I prayed, but Isaiah 41 is a great definition of fear. Isaiah 41 gives us a really important glimpse into a definition of fear. And that, this is where you understand as we look at it, as we talk about fear or worry or anxiety, um, anxiety is most of the time is talking about worry, and worry is most of the time talking about anxiety. They interchange those words in Scripture. Verse, uh, verse 10, it says, Fear not, so don't fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I don't know about you, but did you see the inference there of fear? Don't fear and don't be dismayed. One is dealing with uh, the fearful of possible circumstances, and the other one is dealing with, with the thinking about those circumstances. One is dealing with a fearful circumstance. One is dealing with fearful thinking, worry, anxiety. I put it this way. Fear is, not, it, fear is the wrong use of imagination. It is anticipating the worst, not the best that can happen. Jesus Christ is the best that has happened. The circumstances in our life don't hold a candle to what Jesus has done. Fear is the wrong use of our imagination. It's, it's dealing with the circumstances in a very wrong way. Now, now, get me wrong. Fear, uh, fear is not necessarily always wrong, right? 
Have you ever thought about that? Why did God allow fear or create fear? Well, fight or flight. Fear gives us the strength to either deal with the problem or to be able to run from the problem. There are different times in my life, living in Alaska, you have the chance to do both, fight and flight. (laughs) Uh, And the bear was not the one that I chose to fight. Let's just put it that way. That was the one I chose to walk away from. (laughs) But fear helps you to actually give you the power and the strength to deal with things correctly. But the word fear in our text, in both Isaiah and in a bunch of the other texts that we will read today, he's talking about responding wrongly and to think wrongly. Fear is, is the wrong use of our, our thinking, our imagination. Or worry, which is extremely closely related, is a, listen to this, I love this definition. It says, a small trickle of fear that meanders through the mind until it cuts a channel into which all other thoughts are drained. So whether you have good thoughts or not, it's sucked down that drain. Worry is just a small trickle of fear that cuts a channel right through our mind and it just drains all other thoughts. Fear is to Satan what faith is to God. Fear uses Satan, uh, is used by Satan in a very dramatic way. Faith is used by God in a very dramatic way. And Jesus brings us some of these destructive tendencies in Matthew chapter 6. In fact, some of the verses that I'll quote later on are found in verse 19, leading up to verse 25, to not lay up ourselves treasures here on earth, but lay up our our treasures in heaven where nothing can destroy them. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, he says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. And then Jesus gives us a series of questions in which it unpacks and reveals a lot about fear. And so the destructive fear that that we see is this. Number one is that anxiety slash fear tears up your life or it tears you up. In here where it says do not be anxious or do not fear about your life, The word literally means to divide up, to rip, to tear apart. Why does he not want us to be anxious? Why does he say, do not fear? Well, first of all, because it divides up your life. It tears you up. It divides your energy. In Luke chapter 10, verses 40 through 42, um, you know, Mary and Martha, Martha was busy doing a bunch of stuff, and, and Martha goes and says, hey, Jesus, go grab Uh, Mary, Mary is not helping me. And there's all these things to be done. He says, my sister has left me. And did you see what Jesus responded in verse 42? He says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things. In fact, he uses the word worry there. It divides up our life. It steals your energy. Anxiety and fear steals your energy. It divides your focus. In fact, in, in verse 22 and 23, it says, The eye is the lamp of the body. So, that, so then, if your eye is clear, then your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. It divides your focus. That's the whole point of what Jesus is saying. We're not supposed to fear. 
because it'll tear you up. It divides your focus. It divides your allegiances. You can't serve God and the world. God is eternal. The world is passing away. It divides your heart. Don't store up for your treasures on earth, right? Because where your heart is, there will you also be also. Right? It divides. Anxiety, fear makes you small. Why is it so destructive? Because it'll tear you up and it'll make you small. What's amazing in, in, in verse 25 in, in Matthew that we read earlier, he says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, what you'll drink, what you'll put on. And then he asks this question, Is not life more than food? Is it not more than blank? You know what? The answer is yes, right? Isn't life more than any of those things? Yes. Worry puts blinders on your mind. It reduces your vision. It it gets you off focus. And do you see what he says in verse 30? He says, oh, you of little faith. In a good book I recommend, it says when people, it's titled, I like titles, by the way, if I see a good title, I tend to read it, even if it's a bad book. This happens to be a very good book. But it says, when people are big and God is small, on, verse, on page 85, if you write it down and you want to look at it, it says, when God and spirituality are reduced to our standards, it's reduced to our feelings, God will never be to us the awesome, holy, one of Israel. With God reduced in our eyes, a fear of people will thrive. What people say, what people do, what doesn't happen or does happen in our life will thrive and God will shrivel and will never worship God for who He is, the magnificent, holy, righteous, amazing God. You want to be big in your life. Focus on who God is. Third thing is is anxiety or fear steals your hope. In verse 26, he says, look at the birds of the air. Look at all the things. And he says down at the end of uh, of verse 26, he says, your heavenly Father feeds them. And he asks another question. Are you not more valuable than they? Wow. Wow. He keeps asking more and more questions. Is, do you notice what God does to his creation? Does, God takes care of everything. The birds come, the birds go. We have an owl that seems to come like clockwork. He lives in the barn that used to be a part of our house. That is no longer. But uh, he, he goes to the barn and he sits up there. And I always, He always scares me. This is the third time he's scared me. And he comes... He swoops down. I go walking out there. I was like, why are the dog freaking out? And he does. All of a sudden, you have this sense of, this is like, ah! (laughs) And he swoops down, and he lets me know he's there. He's like, oh, he's there. It scares me every time. He takes care of them. It's like, we don't tell the birds what to do. We don't have to, although, you know, ask Richard. he, He rescued a little hummingbird. But it still lives at their house. 
But uh, God takes care of his creation. I don't have to tell the grass to grow, especially in Whatcom County. We just have to remind myself to mow it. <laughs> what he's talking about in verse 30 when he says, Oh, you of little faith, is, is that it steals what you know to be true about God. It sucks the lack of trust. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. You see, anxiety and fear will steal that hope. See, God is the God of hope. And when we focus on all these circumstances in our life, we forget who God is. Romans 12, 12, rejoice in hope. We need to rejoice. I don't know about you, but when I start singing about who God is and what he's doing, it tends to change my circumstances. Fear, this is how destructive Anxiety and fear is. It will destroy your hope. It takes your faith and makes it little. Anxiety, fear wastes your time. Fear and anxiety wastes your time. I like what he says in verse 27. And you who are being anxious, can you add a single hour to your life? What is the answer? You don't, right? The answer is this. None of us, by worrying and anxiety, can add anything. A French philosopher, I can't even pronounce his name, Michael de Montagain. I don't know. It's, I, it's not Montague. So. But he says this. He says, my life has been full of trouble and misfortune, most of which never happened. I don't recommend following philosophy, but that's a good quote. Spurgeon said this, Such strange creatures are we. I like that. So I know Rosa's not here. But all of you, I don't even see. All the people I usually call weird, they're downstairs. I wonder why. They're with the rest of my kids. So <laughs> um, It says, Such strange creatures are we. So he called us weird too. So Spurgeon said this, We, we are strange that we probably hurt more under blows which never even hit us than we do with those that actually do hit us. Isn't it amazing when we fear and we, it wastes our time and we hurt more about things that never really happen or never really even hit us. The last thing is, is that anxiety and fear leads you astray. Guys, this is one of the things I probably, it's emphasized more than any other time. Anxiety, fear will always lead us astray. It leads you to other sin. We, we already kind of tied in on it. Why does he say, oh, you of little faith? Therefore, don't be anxious, he says. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these other things. That's the most important thing. Seek ye first God's kingdom, His righteousness. Because of time, just put down Isaiah 57 or circle that, verse 11. He says this to Israel. He says, Whom did you dread and fear so that you lied and did not remember me? 
Who did you fear that you actually started to lie? That you actually forgot who I am? Lying and forgetting about God, we stop trusting God. The fear and anxiety can lead you astray. It can lead you to bad teaching about God. It could lead you to wrong things. It can re- lead you to lying. It could lead you to, de- to being depressed and forgetting who God really is. You stop trusting God. You don't realize what he's promised. Or how about Peter? He's a great example, right? How about the apostle Peter? Don't you think he knows the truth? Didn't the Holy Spirit use him to write some epistles? In fact, the one we're studying, First Peter, Galatians chapter 2, verse 12, it says, For prior to coming, the coming of certain men of James, he used to eat with the Gentiles, talking about Peter. But when these, Gentile, these Jewish guys came, Peter withdrew himself. And he began to withdraw himself and hold him aloof, fearing the party of the circumcision. Do you hear that? Fearing. Fearing caused even the Apostle Peter to do something that he knew that he shouldn't have done. Isn't that amazing? When we deal with life together as believers, we need to realize fear causes so leads us astray in our thinking, our actions, how we talk. It says, why did you lie and not remember me in Isaiah? In fact, it carried all the way on to the Pharisees. John 19, verse 15, it says, Pilate's like, shall I crucify the king? Capital K, your Lord? And the Pharisees answered and says, the chief priest answered and says, we have no king but Caesar. They don't even recognize their savior. They're supposed to be the masters of God's word, the chief priests. Even those that study God's word with fear and worry can create problems and lead us astray. And it led Israel astray for years. That they even begin to lie about the truth. So this morning, quickly, how do we respond to anxiety? Remember your salvation. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 7 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God. Bless God. Don't bless your circumstances. Don't give energy to your circumstances. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again. Not our circumstances, but God has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you, because it's by God's power. In verse 5, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while it's necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes, though it's tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. We have salvation. I hope you saw that fear and worry can destroy everything. It can destroy church. It can destroy your relationships. It can destroy even our thinking about how great God is. How do you deal with it? 
you have to go back to the gospel. The good news. What God has done for you. Secondly, is promote proper thinking. I couldn't think of another P for thinking. So I was like, promote proper something. <laughs> but promote proper thinking. What is Psalm 19, or uh, Romans 12, 2? Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He says that your mind has to be renewed. Your thinking has to be changed. You can't think about these earthly circumstances as if they are all-powerful. You've got to remember that it was an all-powerful God who died for your sins, that loves you, that he said he demonstrated his love for us, that while we were yet sinners, while we were ugly in God's eyes, he sacrificed and died for us. You've got to think correctly. Philippians 4.8, Finally, brothers... Remember 4, I'm not going to quote the rest of it, but in 4 verse 6, he says, don't be anxious, right? Well, how do we do that? Well, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, anything that's excellent, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. I only know one thing that fits all of these. God. Proverbs 3 I like that. I like all these trust verses. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, right? Don't dwell on your thinking. Don't lean on your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. How do we promote proper thinking? Directing our attention to God and His Word. Number three, trust God and His Word. The law of the Lord is perfect, revealing the soul. The testimony of the law is sure, making wise. I like that. Making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold. Trust God and His word. Trust in the Lord, you know, that verse again. Psalms 56.3, what time I'm afraid I will trust in Thee. I quoted that I still quote that for years. I need to rely on that solid truth. One that we already read, Romans 15, 4. For, whoever, for whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. Trust God, trust His Word, because through it we are encouraged. Proverbs 37, 5. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in Him, and He will act. I like that. Commit to the Lord. Trust Him. He will act. I like that. He will act. What does that tell you? That He didn't just do something and He's done. He's going to continue to act on your behalf if you commit your way to the Lord. Fear, the fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe those things pray often Philippians chapter 4 verse 4 through 9 rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice let your reasonableness be known to all men for the Lord is at hand the Lord is near everything by don't be anxious about anything but everything by prayer let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Christ. What guards your heart and mind? 
Not your circumstances. Not our emotions. Not other church members. <laughs> we grate on each other's nerves, don't we? But prayer and trusting in the Lord. First uh, Thessalonians 5, I think it's either 16 or 19. I can't remember. I'm dyslexic. I switched those numbers. But it says pray without ceasing. So that why? So number five, stop when fear enters in. You say, I'm going to kill it. I'm going to go to God. I know who God is. I'm going to stop and I'm going to think of God's great love for me, the truth of who God is. I'm going to, I'm going to rest my hat on his promises. I'm not going to go to wrong thinking. Psalm 94, 19, when the cares of my heart are many, did you hear the psalmist? When the cares of my heart are many, your consolations cheer my soul. By the way, if you understand what consolation is, it's personal comfort. When you, when you're, when you have many cares weighing down your heart, it tells us that God provides personal comfort to cheer our soul. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Why should we be content regardless of where we're at? Because we have the Lord. He is near. He has not forgotten you. He loves you. Verse 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. In all circumstances, give thanks. For this is God's will in Christ Jesus for you. Psalm 27, verse 1. The Lord is the light of my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Who shall I be afraid? I hope that you see the beauty of who God is. Fear and anxiety is a snare that will change your view of God every time. Don't let it happen. Focus on these things. Go back to your salvation. Go back to what is true. Go back to the proper thinking about who God is. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Give it everything you have. The commandment of the Lord is this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, with all your mind. The, Satan wants to distract you. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your peace. And in doing that, he's going to use people right here in church to do that. Because we're not perfect. So keep our minds stayed on that which is perfect. Only the Lord. Go to him in prayer. Don't let fear have a foothold in your life. And, and I am here to tell you that it is not easy. Fear creeps back into my mind. I would say probably one of the number one problems in the life of a pastor is fear. Is fear. Why do pastors do dumb things? <laughs> Sometimes purely, simply out of fear. Let's pray. Lord, you conquered death. You died on the cross for our sins. May the light of the reality of what you've done for us shine deep into our hearts. 
may we not forget that glorious truth that we were dead in our sins. We earned death. We were, we were going to go to hell. We were destined for eternity from you, but you and in your infinite grace and mercy and love peered down out of heaven, came to earth, and your mindset was this, that you would die and become the perfect sacrifice to pay for our sins. Lord, I pray that these destructive emotions and behaviors in our life would not derail us from that truth. That, Lord, we would honor you. That we would honor you and trust you with our life. Commit our way to you. Lord, I pray right now that we need to continue to commit to you, to trust you. But Lord, right now, I, I pray that with all my heart that if someone here has said, you know, I, I want to be good and I've been hanging my hat on a good life and trying to be good and they've struggled with that and they know that, that Lord, that they would right now say and cry out to you that, Lord, I need to be saved from my sin. I, I realize that I no longer can do it myself, that I, I'm a sinner like everybody else and, and I've been trying to be good, but I can't. And Lord, that they would call upon your name right now and be saved. That they would commit their heart to you, their life to you. That they would trust you, not stop leaning unto their own understanding in all of their ways that they would acknowledge you. That you would then take over and, and save them. Give them your spirit as a guarantee that they would know that today that they have stepped into the family of God because you died on the cross for their sins. Lord, may they not leave here today without proclaiming that, that they would turn to somebody today as they leave and say, you know what? Today I gave my life to the Lord because I, I chose to respond to the gift of Jesus dying on the cross for my sins. Lord, if you're calling anybody Lord, I pray that your spirit would push hard into their heart and call them today. Renew their spirit. Create a new creation in Christ that they would now be a, a son or daughter of the king. Lord, help them to stop living in fear of their life, of being good. Give it and kill it today by responding to your call in their life. May, Lord, we continue to walk in trust of you and not believe our emotions. May we do whatever it takes to kill fear and anxiety. May we turn to you and trust you with our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.